Hello, and welcome to Couch Church, a podcast from Ballina and Lennox Head Anglicans. I'm Reverend Mandy Larkin. Today I'm sharing with you a reflection from Advent 2, from Isaiah chapter 40 verses 1 to 11, and from the Gospel of Mark verse 1 to 8. The beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. As it is written in the prophet Isaiah, See, I am sending my messenger ahead of you, who will prepare your way. The voice of one crying out in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. John the baptizer appeared in the wilderness, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And people from the whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem were going out to him and were baptised by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with camel's hair, with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. He proclaimed, The one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to stoop down and untie the thong of his sandals. I have baptised you with water, but he will baptise you with the Holy Spirit. If I was to say to you the words, once upon a time in a faraway land, what would you think? You'd think I was about to tell you a fairy tale. The story of a beautiful young woman She's usually a princess. She's sadly mistreated by her family and throw in a wicked stepmother for good measure. But despite her bad treatment, she keeps her wonderful good humour and grace. She ends up winning the prince at the end and they live happily ever after the end. Our gospel reading today starts with the phrase, the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Now, this phrase, for those living in Roman times, would have evoked a similar response to when we hear once upon a time. In fact, the writer of Mark stole this line about the good news, or literally the gospel, from the surrounding Roman culture. When a new Caesar was installed into power in Rome, there would be heralds that would be sent out to proclaim the good news. And the good news was this, that Rome had a new Caesar, a new king. This king is the son of the gods, not just any old man, no. Caesar is the son of the gods. Therefore, he is to be worshipped as one of the gods. This new Caesar brings salvation for his people. The new Caesar ushers in a new reign of peace for those who serve him. These heralds in Roman times would go from town to town, announcing the good news to all in the empire. So, when the hearers of Mark's gospel listened to those familiar words at the start of this story, they were being primed to hear a story about the son of the gods, a saviour for the people, one who brings peace, one who is to be worshipped. The writer of Mark, however, subverts the usual storyline because, yeah, while the good news of Jesus' kingly rule is good news for those in the local context, 
we know that Jesus also comes bringing radical cosmic change. In fact, to proclaim the good news of Jesus as son of God was a political claim. It was saying very boldly for all to hear that there was another king instead of Caesar and that Jesus was the son of God and Jesus was king and Lord of all. And John the Baptist was the herald of this good news of Jesus and of his reign. Now, John didn't appear out of nowhere. He came from a very long line of prophets who had called God's people to return to him, to remember God's faithfulness in times past. John was the messenger of the covenant, sent ahead to prepare the way before the Lord, the one whom the prophet Malachi foretold. And he was the one whom the prophet Isaiah wrote about in Isaiah 40, the voice that cries out in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. In fact, the prophet Isaiah depicts the coming messenger as one who prepares the way out of the wilderness and the desert for the people to be reconciled to God. And it's got so many uh, links back to that Exodus story when Moses led the people through the wilderness and the desert out into the promised land. John the Baptist is the one who prepares the way for the glory of the Lord to be revealed. The glory of God who is forever, whose character is consistent and unchanging. God who is depicted as a shepherd by the prophet Isaiah, gathering the people into his arms and carrying them against his chest. God who gently leads them. John's mission was to prepare the people for the coming of the Messiah, to prepare their hearts to hear and receive the words and ministry of Jesus. Jesus who, like a shepherd, made the way for his people to be gathered into the kingdom of God. And John did this by proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. The word repentance carries a little bit of baggage in today's world. We can hear it as it relates to sin, expressing remorse or asking for forgiveness for our failings. But in Roman times, the word repent was a call to change allegiance. And this is important because this is how the listener of Mark's gospel would have heard the word repent. Repent was like a battle cry Invading armies would approach a town and call for them to repent, meaning swear lo loyalty and allegiance to us. Turn from who you currently have your allegiance to, otherwise we're going to come into your city, invade it, and it's definitely not going to end very well for you. So when John walks around the wilderness proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins, it's a proclamation that goes deeper than remorse or regret for having done the wrong thing. It was a political cry and it challenged kings. A cry to turn from empire, from allegiance to Rome, from earthly kings and country, to break covenants with other gods, to return and to swear loyalty and allegiance to the one true God. It was a deep call to look within, 
for the people to truly acknowledge that their allegiance, their loyalty and devotion was not established in the living God. It was a call to change the very way that they lived their lives, to reject their way of living, which did not honour God, to change their behaviour, to turn from their idolatry back to God, to offer to God alone their praise and to worship, accepting and recognising the ultimate power and sovereignty of the living God. This Advent season, we too are invited to hear the call of John the Baptist to repent anew, to prepare our hearts to celebrate Christmas, the coming of Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us, to remember the promises of God, his faithfulness to us in days past, his steadfastness and love to search within our hearts through prayer, to reflect deeply upon the areas of our lives where we may have given the allegiance that rightfully belongs to God to other things, places in our lives where God may have been relegated to second, third or even last place, parts of our hearts or minds which may be closed off to God, closed to his love, because we carry unforgiveness or disappointment. Parts of us that may need to be surrendered to Jesus again, that need to be realigned to his will and purposes. It's a call to take those things in prayer to God, to confess and to seek his forgiveness, to repent and change our allegiances back to the living God. Because by doing that, we allow God to invade our lives, to break in anew, that we might hear again the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Jesus, who is worthy of our worship and praise. Jesus, who brings salvation for his people. Jesus, who offers in and ushers in a new reign of peace for all who serve him. This is the good news that gives us hope. And we recall that God sent Jesus into the world because of his great love for us and that God desires to be with us. It's an invitation to slow down in what can be a really crazy time of year and to remember that the work of Jesus upon the cross and that in our baptism, we too were transformed into radically new creations. Advent is a season of actively waiting, recalling the transformation God has done in our lives in times past, remembering his faithfulness to us, taking time to reflect on what God is doing now, even today, in our lives and the lives of those we love faithfully and eagerly watching for what God will do next, anticipating and expecting to be surprised as the glory of God is revealed to us in a new way this Advent. The Lord be with you.